it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today, it's Friday, finally, guys. It's October 23rd. We're close to Halloween, and this is your weekend edition matchup podcast for NFL and college football. No MLB or NBA this time. We're sticking straight to football. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorowitz. Ben, say what's up to everybody. It's Friday, and we've logged off work. That means... It's football time. Yep, and with it being that time, it means it's time for me and Ben to pick some winners for y'all. Um, almost forgot to do it once again, but we got to recap last week. Um, last week, first game we picked was in Texas A&M, Mississippi State. We both lost on Mississippi State, who is now um, – I'm not going to lie, guys. It'll take a lot for me to back Mississippi State anymore the rest of this year. Um, UNC, FSU, we didn't play anything, and it's probably a good call because we both would have lost. Um Next game was UGA Alabama. I took Alabama minus four and a half. I tried to convince Ben to back his squad, but <laughs> he couldn't do it. Um, NFL wise, tough week for both of us. We both took Green Bay, and that was a loser. We didn't take anything on the Bills in Kansas City, and then Pittsburgh minus three and a half was my best bet of the week in the NFL. Cashes once again. Ben didn't take anything. Ben was zero and two, but he only took two bets. And then I went one and one in both sports for two and two total, but. We're going to get back on track this week, guys. we got a lot of bets for y'all, and I feel very confident in the card. Um, also, like I said on Twitter, my ACC Game of the Week is going to be released on this podcast at the end, so stay tuned for that. Um, let's get this thing going. Let's start things out once again with your team, number two Alabama on the road at Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee, a 21.5-point home dog, over-under set at 66. What are you thinking on this one, Ben? Yeah, so the tide's rolling in off a big win. Like I said at the end of last week, at this point now, they're not going to face a defense that's going to be able to stop them. They just have to keep their head uh, even keeled. they got to keep the momentum going. I think Mac Jones is a great leader for that. Um, I don't think he's the type of guy to get too high on himself. Um, he's got a lot of experience out wide with uh, Waddle and, and uh, Devontae Smith as, long, uh, as well as on the offensive line and with Najee. I do like uh, my favorite bet with Alabama. I do like the first half, and I do like the first quarter. Uh, anything under a touchdown for the first quarter bet, uh, I like with Alabama when they play inferior opponents like the Volunteers. Uh, I will be taking um, the first quarter bet and Bama first half, which is um, 12 and a half. On some books, it's 11 and a half. Bama should, Bama should win this game by a lot. I mean, you and I have talked about this. Bama could score on anyone, especially what they just showed against what people call the best defense in the country. They should have no problem scoring in this game. Um, I believe Mac Jones is going to throw his deep ball. He's going to continue to throw it better than anyone else in the country. I think Najee Harris continues to have a big year. Um, and I just don't know how you stop Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddell, and John Mechie. I really don't. There's just too many weapons for Mac Jones to choose from. I think the tide rolls again. Yeah, Ben, I think you're right on point with this one. Um, I'm in agreeance with you on that one half. Bad news for y'all. Me and Ben haven't done well this season when we've agreed, except when it's been on Alabama. So that's the good news right there. I think Alabama is going to come out here, throw the ball over them. I mean, they absolutely embarrassed Texas A&M. They shut down Georgia in the second half. Um, also, one of y'all's key defensive players was suspended for the first half of that game for targeting. I didn't even realize that was a thing. But Tennessee is 2-8 and eight against the spread the last 10 times. 
being a dog of 20 or more to Alabama. I don't see much of that changing. I think Alabama gets it done full game as well. I do recommend buying the hook and getting to 21, which is a key number. I usually don't buy points, but I think getting to 21 when you're playing with the spread this big is pretty is a key move to make. I think Alabama covers both these easily, and honestly, I think it's going to be a blowout. I mean, Tennessee didn't have the firepower to keep up with Georgia. They're not going to have the firepower here to keep up with Alabama. Should be an absolute slaughter fest. And I mean, also, too, they got embarrassed last week against Kentucky. I mean, I don't, I personally thought Tennessee was overrated from the get go, and I don't see things, I, I mean, things are going to get worse before they get better in Knoxville. We'll see if they play both quarterbacks this week. Um, Pruitt has said continuously that they've been having multiple guys take reps. I honestly don't think it matters which quarterback plays. Bama has seen both of these quarterbacks in the past, uh, both of them played last year. Um, I just, Tennessee has a good run game, and Bama's defensive line has done really well against the run so far. I just I don't think Tennessee has any chance in this game. I'm looking forward to smoking my cigar because that's what you do in this rivalry. Um, Tennessee has not beaten Alabama in over 5,000 days. They have not beaten Alabama since 2006. Um, where was Nick Saban in 2006? He was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, so – you know, what does that tell you? He was hired by Alabama in 2007, has not lost to Tennessee. I don't think he plans on losing now. Uh, the tide's going to roll. Hey, roll tide, roll. I also might smoke a cigar with you if they cover the spread first half and full game for me. I might have to join you on that one, Ben. Um, <laughs> next up, we have number 18, Michigan, on the road at number 21, Minnesota, to kick off Big Ten play. Well, technically they kick off tonight, but they got a bunch of games tomorrow. So the line is Minnesota is a three-point home dog. And the over-under set at 53. What are you doing on this one, Ben? Yeah, I don't really understand the line. Uh, Michigan is starting a true – he's either true freshman or redshirt freshman because their original starting quarterback opted out this year. Um, so we don't know what this quarterback looks like. Uh, Michigan usually puts some guys in the NFL on the defensive side, so they're going to have to replace a couple guys on there. Minnesota – who was really good last year. I love what P.J. Fleck is doing. Returns quarterback Tanner Morgan, who has been who was very good last year. You'll get into that a little bit. And they're also returning wide receiver who originally opted out, opted back in, Rasheed Bateman. I think he's top two, top three wide receiver in this entire conference. Uh, big physical receiver, great at the 50-50 ball. I don't understand Minnesota being a three-point dog. I'm taking Minnesota, and I'm actually taking Minnesota money line. Hey, I think you got great bets there, uh, there Ben, and the numbers say it too. Michigan, when they're favored on the road against another uh, against another um, team that's also ranked, they're one and nineteen straight up and five and fifteen against the spread. Um, like I mean, you pretty much gave great points there. Also, Tanner Morgan was the most efficient passer in the nation last year. I expect him to get Bateman involved early and often. Be honest with you. I think P.J. Flex going to get this team up and motivated. He's going to say, we had one of the best seasons in the history of this program, and we're a three-point dog to this Michigan team that has underperformed year in and year out. I mean, a lot of people don't like Harbaugh, too, so I'm sure that they're going to come in ready to play this game. Also, Michigan's dominated them historically. I'm sure they're looking at this as a chance to kind of you know, it's kind of like the little bro, big bro thing. They're coming in here. They're fired up. They're going to be ready to play this game. I expect Michigan to get, I mean, they'll hang around just because they're Michigan, but I think Minnesota wins this one outright, like you said, but I'm taking that three points, and I'm confident in that bet. Yeah, and this is really a big uh, early statement game that Minnesota can make. They're in the West, which is not uh, of the Big Ten, which is not what Michigan is in. 
Um, Minnesota is a team that has a very good chance to win this West and play in the Big Ten championship game. Wisconsin starts it off with that conference tonight against Illinois. Wisconsin, I doubt they have trouble with Illinois. They really shouldn't, but we'll see. Um, Minnesota, just like I said, it could be a statement game. Get out, beat a team that you're a dog against at home, and make that statement that you're here to play this year and that Tanner Morgan is here to have another big season. I, th- I think he can get it done. You and I, or I will mention that I love P.J. Fleck every single game we talk about Minnesota. I think he's a tremendous coach. I do think he gets his boys up and ready for this game, like you said. Um, and I don't think even like, you know, an underdog, a lot of the time you want to see them start out fast. I'm not even worried about that with Minnesota, to be honest with you. I, I would prefer them to start out fast, obviously, but I don't understand how they're a three-point dog when Michigan's starting a quarterback that no one has seen play before. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, saying. I guess I, maybe, maybe that's a disadvantage for Minnesota's defense because they don't have film on them, but I, I mean, maybe that's where the, the line is thinking. Be honest with you, I think this is your classic Vegas trap. I think it's Vegas looking at this game and saying – Michigan is one of the biggest fan bases in all of college football. I'm sure their fans are lining up to bet, bet them. I mean, Michigan always gets tons of public action because they're the University of Michigan. I think they looked at this one as, oh, we, Michigan's ranked higher. Michigan's got the big fan bases. Our perfect opportunity to catch some people off guard. They'll catch people with parlays, teasers, all kinds of things out there on Michigan right here, and they're going to send them all home. Sorry, and there's a reason why Vegas wins money. This is another example of it right here in my opinion. Um, next game up, we're actually going to go to the AAC. This is probably the AAC game of the year so far. I mean, you would have thought it would be UCF and Memphis, but instead it's number 16 SMU at number 8 Cincinnati. Um, spread is Cincinnati um, plus 2.5. Actually, sorry, it's the other way around. Minnesota's the home – I mean, SMU's the home team, and Cincinnati's on the road. Um, this is a, this is a minus 2.5 for SMU as the home favorite. Over-under set at 56, and I'll start things off with this one. Look, I think it's going to be upset central. Cincinnati should never be a top 10 team. I guess because it's the COVID year, they get a little number next to their name, and they're going to get all, all fat and happy here. I mean, Cincinnati really hasn't played anyone this year. Des Ritter, their quarterback, I mean, he's he's very questionable. I don't like the Cincinnati offense that much. They have a good defense, but undefeated road dogs in the AAC are 1-8 against the spread and 1-8 straight up. On top of that, they're 0-5 in conference play. So this is after a team gets past week four as an undefeated defeated dog, and they go on the road here. All these are saying play against Cincinnati. SMU opened as a one-and-a-half-point home dog, and now they're the two-and-a-half-point favorite as well. So that means they're the, the pro money's all over SMU. Look, I would honestly back SMU here and have them as an official play, but their leading wide receiver and running back are both out, which scares me off a little bit. SMU is a much more dynamic offense than Cincinnati does. I think it makes sense. Cincinnati's more of a defensive team. SMU more that offensive team. I think SMU comes to play here at home. Shane Bichelle has another great game. I mean, he's a Texas transfer. The kid can clearly play. He'll get a shot in the NFL. He'll probably be a later round pick, but I think he'll be able to stick around and stick as a backup at least in the NFL. I think SMU gets it done and stays undefeated here. Yeah, I mean, you made some good points. I'm not going to have a play on this game, but I did pick Cincinnati as my um, conference champion for the AAC this year. So I'm going to you know, lean towards Cincinnati until they prove me wrong. And you're right. I don't love what I've seen out of Cincinnati's offense this year, but they do play good defense. So let's see if they can continue that going against a pretty high-powered SMU team. Um, I think it favors the Cincinnati defense a little bit that those two guys are out. 
I just think Shane Bichelle is a type of quarterback that can have these dynamic Saturdays. Um, I would lean towards Cincinnati because I picked them to win the conference, and I don't want to go against my original pick. But like I said, I'm not going to have a pick on this game. This is a game, though, that if, if you're a type of person that you don't watch a lot of AAC football because it is a smaller conference, this is a game that can excite you. I mean, these are these are two. There are a lot of explosive offenses in this conference. Um, Memphis and UCF are, you know, some of the other ones. This is a game that could be really exciting. I mean, this could be as low scoring and struggling uh, as we've seen from other conferences, or this could be as continued uh, as the AAC's gone with high powered offenses. So, I don't have a good read on this game. Um, the line does concern me, but I am going to stick with Cincinnati, but it's not going to be an official pick. Yeah, this game's actually being played at 9 p.m. as well on ESPN, too. So, I mean, if you don't have anything going on it's late night, this would be the perfect game to keep you interested and give you a little something to do late night. Or even if you're at the bar, you know, just turn to the TV for a few minutes. You'll enjoy what you see, I guarantee you. Um, last game here on the college football slate before we uh, flip things over to the NFL. Don't forget, my ACC game of the week is at the end of the podcast. Iowa State comes in this game ranked number 16 versus number seven or number six Oklahoma State um, this game is Oklahoma State is a three-point home favorite over under set at 51 and a half I'll start off with this one again look this is a tough one for me to handicap here I did tell y'all before the season started I was very high on Oklahoma State look Oklahoma State is a much improved defense they're gonna have their quarterback Spencer Sanders back they said he might be splitting time still though they have a superstar running back in Chuba Hubbard who's probably the best running back in all of college football they have Tylen Wallace one of the better wide receivers and Dylan Stoner who are both weapons on the edge for them to use look all things you would say right here play Oklahoma State I'm gonna say not so fast I think Matt Campbell's figured things out here at Iowa State him and his quarterback, Brock Purdy. I know earlier in the season on podcast, me and Ben both said that we were very disappointed with the way that Matt Campbell's year went last year and the way things have gone in his kind of reign, especially after they lost first game of the season like that in a huge upset. I believe it was a ULL that, defeat, that beat them. But honestly, I think Iowa State's the best team in this conference. I mean, they're still undefeated in the conference, and I think they're going to get it done here and kind of Look, I could see Iowa State being the team that comes out of this conference as the conference champion, to be honest with you. They seem to be the most complete team, and they can actually play defense, unlike most of these other teams. I think they get Oklahoma State here as an upset. And, I mean, Oklahoma State really has – they haven't played no one so far this season. And on top of that, they've had a couple games canceled, though, to, due to COVID. So I think all that's going to come back and bite them in the ass here. I think Iowa State makes a massive road upset. I'll say this, though. I didn't play – I'm not playing anything officially in this, in this game or in the SMU game, so – tread lightly yeah I'm, this is gonna be a no pick for me as well but i'll give a short little analysis um you and i have talked about how much we like the weapons that oklahoma state has quite often um everyone around the country should be talking about the weapons that oklahoma state has on offense and you're right their defense isn't much improved and you, you know you brought up the point that you and i were pretty disappointed in the way that matt campbell but also brock purdy um mm -hmm. did not look himself looked a little spooked in the first couple weeks is playing much better now. I think he's a good leader for that offense. Um, when and and they're a team that can put together long drives um, that can really gas out that defense. I like what I've seen in the last couple of weeks. Really, I mean, especially against Oklahoma, what Matt Campbell and his boys have shown. Um, like I said, this is going to be a no play for me, but this should be one of the better games of the weekend, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, 
so I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be glued to my uh, couch watching this game, and I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see if Oklahoma State is as good as a lot of people think they are. Maybe you know we talked about you know how they haven't played in a little while, but also how that may have benefited them. They were banged up, especially at the quarterback mm-hmm. position. Um, we'll see if he can get back on track. We'll see though. I mean, Chuba Hubbard should be heavily involved in this game plan, especially if the quarterbacks might be split in time. He is one of the better running backs in college football, receiving and rushing the football. Um, I'm a little biased, but I, I still think Najee is is the better running back for now. <laughs> I mean, that did just does everything against better competition. So I'll take Najee. But I mean, Chuba Hubbard, I in a normal season, he is in the Heisman race. He's that good. Um, they've missed a couple of weeks now, so I don't really know how that's going to affect him. He's got plenty of games to make it up. I just don't know how they're going to see if they if they have to play less games. You know what I'm trying to say? So he's a stud. I, I think they should get him heavily involved early. I think that'll be Iowa State's defensive game plan is to watch out for number 31. Uh, and we'll see if they can get it done. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you there. You know, if, if I was, or if Oklahoma State had been tested by anyone yet, I'd feel better about backing them here. But just the fact they haven't been tested yet this season, Iowa State's at least gone on the road at Oklahoma and proved they can win big games. That's the main reason why I lean towards the Cyclones here, and the market is suggesting as well to the Cyclones will pull the upset. Now let's move things over to the NFL. I'd say this is a pretty decent NFL slate compared to three weeks ago. I mean, that was one of the worst slates I've ever seen three weeks ago. But we got some good games again this week. We have the undefeated Seattle Seahawks on the road at the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are a three and a half point home dog. Total set at fifty six. What are you doing with this one, Ben? Yeah, so this is a statement game. I think for both teams, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, they're in the same division, and it's really more of a statement game for the Cardinals. Uh, can the Cardinals play with the big boys? If you look at them, they're four and they're four and two right now. But let's look about their let's look about their wins, right? They played at San Francisco week one. That's a good win because San Fran was healthy then. That's one good win. Then they beat Washington. Who cares? They lost to Detroit. That's a bad loss. They're better than Detroit. They lost at Carolina. That's a bad loss. Then they beat the Jets and then they just beat the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott. So they really have not shown me anything. I mean, they beat San Fran week one, like I said, I'll consider that a good win. But this is by far their biggest test. I mean, by far. And Seattle is coming off a bye. I don't believe Jalen Adams is back just yet. I think he still has a little bit more time to rest. He's out. Yeah, so that Seattle defense is not too impressive since he's been out. But it hasn't mattered. They're 5-0. and I love what I see from Russell Wilson. He's the clear front runner, front runner MVP. Metcalf is a beast. And then you get Lockett, who's Mr. Consistent with uh, Russell Wilson. And I think they're playing good football. So as of right now, I don't have a pl- uh, I don't have a play. But I do think the safest pick for right now is Cardinals plus the points. I'll let you get into that a little bit more because I think this, I think this is a statement game for the Cardinals. Can you play with the big boys? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is what it comes down to for me right here, Ben. Besides all the trends and stuff, which I'll give you all here in a second, but Arizona has the second scoring defense in the NFL. They have number two um, pass yards defense in the NFL, number eight against the rush, number two in time on the field, so they're getting off the field quickly, and number two in number of plays. 
number six in YPP. So, I mean, this Cardinals defense, honestly, has been slept on as one of the best units in the NFL this season. Um, the next reason I love the Cardinals is division dogs of four or more points. Or, sorry, no, um, not or it's conference dogs and division dogs. It's th- uh, three or more points are 15-2 and two straight up. 13 and 4 and this week alone they're 5 and 1 ATS 4 and 2 straight up. That applies to Arizona right there. Um look, I love Arizona in this spot. I when you look at strength of schedule, there's only one team with a worse strength of schedule in the NFL. That's the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks have beaten no one. They've played against nobody. I mean, they should have lost at home to the horrible Vikings who got smoked by the Falcons last week. I think the Seahawks are frauds. This defense is complete garbage. I mean, when you look at their defensive numbers, I mean, it's pretty sad. They're 32nd in pass yards. Arizona's going to throw all over them. They're 29th in YPP, so they're giving up big plays down the field. I think Arizona's going to turn around and throw the ball all over them. I also think Kyler Murray's going to be able to get loose and have Jamal Adams on the field to check him. It's huge. Max bet this weekend for me, Cardinals plus 3.5. Yeah, I think that's big to mention Jamal Adams. He's a obviously he's a safety, but he does come down to the box and blitz a lot of the time. He would probably be that Rovers QB spy on Kyler Murray because honestly, he might be the only one in the NFL that could keep up with him sideline sideline, if that's even possible. Um, he's a tremendous tackler, so they are missing that. I, they're gonna. Ha- I mean, I don't think they start the game like this, but they're gonna have to look at options to keep him in the pocket. Their pass rush is just not what it used to be. If they're not going to get him, if they're not going to get to him, you got to at least contain him in the pocket and just trust that your secondary can maybe show up in this game. But if you look at their scores, you're right. I mean, their offense has just beat teams. I mean, a lot of single-digit games so far. Um, I will. I am leaning towards the Cardinals with the points. I just haven't officially put it in yet, but I do think that is the best bet of the week, uh, best bet for this game. Yeah, no, I don't know how Seattle's going to keep getting lucky like that, to be honest with you. And also, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. They should have paid Clowney, man. Should not let him walk out that door because now they have no pass rush. Um, next game on the slate here, in my personal opinion, this is the arguably the best game in the NFL season so far right here. It'll be played at 1 o'clock. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. By the way, I was a little pissed off they didn't move this game to Monday night uh, or to Sunday night. The, Steelers, or the Titans are a one-point home favorite. Over-under set at 50. This game opened with Pittsburgh as two-point road favorites, and now the Titans yeah. are a one-point favorite. What are you thinking, Ben? Yeah, I mean, that's, you just said it right there. I mean, the fact that the Tennessee Titans were a plus-two, plus-two-and-a-half underdog, it's now minus-one. Um, I I mean, Devin Bush is now out for the Steelers at linebacker. So, I don't – I mean, that can't be the only reason this line moved, though. I don't think one player shifts the line that much. He's not even the best player on the defense. I have been so high – on the Pittsburgh defense the entire season. I think their secondary is tremendous. I think their pass rush is some of the best in the, uh, in the NFL. I mentioned Bud Dupree every single week and TJ Watt every single week. That being said, I really, really like the way Ryan Tannehill is playing football. And it's really been ever since he's shown up in Nashville. Ever since he's left Adam Gase's system, he's put up career numbers. He had a career year last year in multiple categories, and he's off to a great start this year. It helps when you have El Tractorcito, Derrick Henry in the mm-hmm. backfield. I mean, this is a physical Pittsburgh defense, and Mike Tomlin's a coach that play, that he usually his teams play with a lot of intensity, a lot of physicality. Well, they better bring it this game because you can't tackle Derrick Henry high. I still don't understand why people don't dive in his legs. 
I mean, I get it. They're tree trunks, but it's impossible to tackle this guy by his arms or by his upper body. He's just too damn big. I am going to take the Titans in this game. It's minus one right now, so I'm going to stick with minus one, uh, minus one Titans. But I will say this. The over, I do not hate in this game. I have not officially taken that yet, but here's why I think that. I think for Tennessee to win this game, I think points come on the board. I, I think Tannenhill can beat this team as long as that play, as long as they can run the football with Derrick Henry because that sets up the play action. And Tannenhill is honestly one of the best play action quarterbacks in the NFL. It helps though when you have Derrick Henry. Yeah, no, it does. It definitely <laughs> does. But you still have to execute, and he's executing at a very high level starting from last year. I also don't love this Tennessee defense until they're fully healthy. I mean, Adore Jackson, who's one of their better corners, has been out for a while. I don't think he's back this week. Um, and Pittsburgh just has a lot of weapons that are just rolling on offense. So I am going to take Titans minus one, and I am leaning on taking the over. Yeah, so I wanted to take the over, but I saw a couple good trends to play against the to play against it and take the under. Unders not for me in this game, and to be honest with you, I don't know if unders are for me in general in football anymore this season. I mean, these teams with these offenses now, these unders just don't. So get, many points. Yeah, it's just too sketchy to me to take any of these unders before these games start. Um, I'm actually riding with the Titans as another one of my max bets this weekend. I love the Titans in this spot here. So the Titans are really, really, really good at home. They're 7-1 straight up against AFC opponents in home games, and they've won um, – Eight of their last nine home games as well. So nobody's really coming in here and beating up on these Titans. On top of all that, look, I think Devin Bush being out is massive. Devin Bush is their defensive play caller. He's the one who wears the headset on defense. The guy they got got subbing in for him is only play, he's an undrafted free agent, played like 20 snaps in his NFL career. They said he's a smart guy. I don't know, though, if he's smart enough to trick the Titans here. Um, I think Tennessee is going to be able to put points on the board. Like you said, I think they're going to set up that play-action game and absolutely kill them over the middle where Bush would be with guys like A.J. Brown, who, I mean, they didn't even have A.J. He's Brown back. until two yeah. games ago. Yeah, and A.J. Brown, in my opinion, is like the next Julio Jones. This man is huge. He's got that big body like him. He's fast. He's physical. I think he's next up as one of the best wide receivers in this NFL. Um, Johnny Smith in, in him, though, are questionable. If neither of them play, I might reconsider this bet. But until anything like that happens, I love the Titans minus one. I would play them all the way up to minus two. After minus two, I'd look for the money line. But I think Tennessee wins this game and stays undefeated. So really, really good Titans team, guys. And plus, Pittsburgh, they don't play as well when they're on the road. I think there's a lot of factors against Pittsburgh this week. I'm all over the Titans. And also, I mean, when A.J. Brown plays, uh, I know that he was, I think, like the number five overall pick, Corey Davis, but his fifth year just got declined, so he's in a prove-it kind of year. When A.J. Brown plays, Corey Davis's numbers also improve. Uh, he's, I, I don't know if, you know, he's obviously, I wouldn't say he's lived up to the expectations of how high he was drafted out of, I think, Western Michigan. Yep. But now that A.J. Brown has established himself as that number one receiver, I think it takes a little bit of pressure off Corey Davis. And also, Smith, the tight end, has emerged. Um, I think Corey Davis, it allows him to play free. And I think he can just play clear-minded. He doesn't have to think too much. He can just play his game, run his routes. And I think it benefits him. It benefits Tannehill, too. So when A.J. Brown plays, Corey Davis usually has good games, and that helps the Tennessee offense. And like you said, I love the style of play that Tennessee plays on offense. 
They like to control the clock. They they like to run Derrick Henry. They like to get third and five and shorter uh, on third downs. That's where Tannehill's comfortable. They like to run the play action game. I think if they play their style, I really think they are a tough team to beat um, in 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 the NFL. And not, it helps to be at home. But I think when you play that style of football on the road, I think when you play on the road, it's more important to possess the football and get the time of mm-hmm. possession in your favor. Tennessee does it almost better than anyone in the league. So if they can play their style of football, I like them again. Hey, I agree with you completely. Also, coaching edge goes to Tennessee as well in this one. Um, Next up, we have the Packers at the Texans. Texans, three-and-a-half-point home dogs. Over-under set at 57. I got this one. not going to lie. This line feels like a little bit of a trap. You know, everyone sits here, looks at this game. You say, oh, I want to back the Packers off a loss. It's a short spread at three-and-a-half. The Texans are one-and-five the other way around for the Packers here. I'm actually going to agree here. Look, the Packers are 3-0 ATS off a loss of Matt LaFleur in there as head coach. On top of that, I think it was just a poor showing from Green Bay. I can't lie. I did fall asleep and sleep through the entirety of this game. I fell asleep and the Packers were up 10-0. I think I texted you and I was like, how the hell did the Packers get blown out? But I went back and rewatched the game. And look, I think it's the perfect spot for the Packers to get back on track. I think that that was – I mean, even Matt LaFleur said they didn't look that great in practice all week. He didn't feel great about him coming into the game. Well – I think they're going to be able to run all over them with Aaron Jones. I mean, this is a horrible Houston defense. They really can't stop anyone. Um, Houston is 32nd in the league in rush yards. The Packers love to ground and pound. Packers are also number one in time on the field. The Texans are 32nd. Also, the Texans are 31 in, in, uh, in number of plays as a defense. So I can see the Packers just running the ball over them and getting up and kind of forcing them into passing. And there's nothing more than I love a team desperately passing as the Packers. They have one of the best defensive backfields in the entire NFL, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. Um, they're going to be flying around making plays. I've got you, Sean Watson. Hey, that might be a good one there, Ben. Sean Watson throws a pick. Might be a decent one for your interception prop. But, look, I think this Green Bay Packers offense is going to get back on track. This offense has been so good. I think that was just a dud game for them last week. And, you know, like we said, there was heavy, sharp action on the – on the Bucks, so they knew something we didn't clearly going into that one. I love the Packers to get back on track here, get the job done. Were you taking the Packers spread? Or? Yeah, Packers minus three. Yeah, and a half. yeah. I'm I'm also going to join you on Packers minus three and a half. Um, I you know, I wish I would have known Lafleur said he didn't like the practice before last week. Cause Same. I I mean, Aaron Rodgers threw the first interception last week, which happened to be a pick six. Next possession. Happened to be another interception. From then on, he was just spooked for the rest of the game. I mean, just could not get in rhythm with Devontae Adams. I don't know if it was because Devontae hasn't been able to practice much, but he I mean, he should have been healthy going into that Tampa Bay game because he sat the two previous weeks before. I think this is a big win um, for the Packers. I really do. For all the stats that and all the trends that you just mentioned, this Texans defense is so bad and when you're such a bad defense there's not many other quarterbacks you'd have. I mean why would you want to face Aaron Rodgers when you're struggling when he's coming off a loss so I'm actually surprised it's not more than three and a half um I will take that three and a half with you I think Rodgers plays a little pissed off I think I think they all do to be honest with you I need to see more out of the Smith brothers the pass rushing the pass rushing mm-hmm. duo they're not actually brothers. They just had the same last name. They were incredible last season, wreaking havoc on almost all the quarterbacks they faced. I have not seen much from Zendarius Smith this year. I don't really know what's going on, though. 
Uh, I think Mike Pettit needs to bring some more disguising blitzes off of his side so maybe he's not double teamed as much. They they do – I have noticed that uh, teams do put an extra tight end on his side just to knock him off the line of scrimmage when that tight end runs his route. I think they need to change things up. Green Bay, when they play better teams, they're going to have to get more pressure on the quarterback. I don't think Tom Brady was touched much in that game. Uh, and when Tom Brady doesn't get touched, I don't care how old he is. He's, he's still Tom Brady. He can still get it done. Uh, I do like the Packers minus three and a half. Hey, I'm glad we're on the same one there, Ben. Let's take this one to the window and cash it. Um, last game of the entire weekend for us before I give my ACC game of the week is San Francisco 49ers go on the road to play the New England Patriots. Patriots are minus two in this one. Over-under set at um, 44. I'll start off with this one. Look, I liked the under when it's at 46. Now it's dropped down to 44. I don't know if I want to come in on this under or not. I haven't made my mind up yet. I felt pretty strongly about this under. But, I mean, it's low. One or two turnovers or big plays can really screw up an under that low. You pretty much have to have no big plays and no turnovers in order to hit something like that. Or I guess no long touchdowns. You can live with big plays. But the Patriots have played very well in the past against San Francisco as well as home. The Patriots are 16-4 and four straight up in their last 20 home games against San Francisco as well. They are 7-2 um, and two against the spread in their last nine meetings. But I love the Patriots to bounce back here in this spot. I'm going to tell you all exactly why. Bill Belichick is rarely ever loses two games in a, in a row, let alone three, which is what it would be here. Also, too, look, Jimmy G did not improve at all. He's been awful this season. Jimmy G was throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. He's like 28th in passing down the field. I think the Patriots are going to have a game plan dialed up to confuse him. Belichick, when he goes against former QBs, is 9-4 and four straight up, winning the game by an average margin of 9 points. He's covering the spread at 10-3 and three against it, covering the spread by an average of 8 points. Um, former QBs are only averaging 14.5 points per game, which gives me another reason to like the under here. I think the Patriots completely shut down San Francisco. Both teams love to run the ball. I think the Patriots try to run the ball all over them. I think the Patriots win this game like 24-10 or something like that. I think this is going to be a low-scoring, ugly game, but I like Belichick to pull this one out. Yeah, I mean, it is it is rare and kind of strange to hear you know the word said that they've lost. The Patriots have lost two in a row. They lost at Kansas City which that's understandable. I mean, they were playing like their minor league squad. Um, and then Denver, I mean, I just can't believe what I saw at home that the Patriots looked that bad. I know that Denver's defense is, you know, it's not horrible. I mean, it's not, it's not bad at all, but I think Cam has a bounce back. Um, I love that Stefan Gilmore is now – officially back i forgot about Um, that yeah i mean so that shuts down about half the field most of the time he's that good i just i just hate what i see from jimmy g i mean do do you do we know about the i I haven't looked at the injury report i know that uh is kittle playing this week um, let me double check. San Francisco might be. report first off looks more like my uh, grocery like my grocery shopping list, but yeah, Kittle is Kittle's not even listed on the injury report. Trent Williams though and Tartar both listed on the injury report now. So, I mean, these yeah. injuries just keep on piling up, man. I mean, the Patriots have a couple injuries on the offensive line, but they're at least getting more healthy at other positions. I just don't see if Cam plays this poorly again against a team that the Patriots are better than. 
I mean, they're going to have to have a sit-down talk with Cam. Like, he has to get the job done in this situation, which is exactly why I like the Patriots in this game. I mean, I mean, don't you – I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, he didn't play against Kansas City. Obviously, he had uh, COVID. Um, played against Denver and at home and was dreadful. Awful. And he's a – I mean, he's a big reason why the Patriots didn't win that game. I mean, literally just needed one touchdown from him. I don't even think he threw a touchdown in that game. Um, they only scored 12 – I think they scored 12 points, which is brutal. So – uh, I like the Patriots in a bounce back win. I think Bill has, I think Bill and Josh McDaniel have can play better because I don't think he has much of a choice. Hey, I'm right there with you on that one. I mean, I don't think also too, you know, you got to look at it from, can Cam Newton even play a game that bad again, which I personally don't think he can. I think Cam Newton will definitely bounce back this week. I think the Patriots will play much better. You know, it also could have been a look ahead spot. I mean, how interested do you really think that they were to play a game against these against those garbage um, uh, the Broncos, almost drew a blade yeah. on them. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. I don't think the Patriots can really afford to have that excuse. Honestly, they're not. They don't go into games just like overpowering people at this point. You don't have Tom Brady, so you have a little bit more of an inconsistent quarterback. You have to show up. And here's the thing: next week they play at Buffalo. The Patriots are in deep waters if they lose this game. They're, I mean, the way, I mean, let's see, Buffalo right now is winning the division and is four and two. Miami is now in second place at three and three, and New England's two and three. So them going two and four, if they lose to San Fran here, going at Buffalo is, I think, a disastrous situation, to be honest with you. I think this is, I don't know what you want to call the opposite of a look ahead game. I think it's a proven game that the Patriots can be back and play good football before they go at Buffalo to where that's going to be a closer game. I think they really need to prove something, and that's why I, I like the Patriots in the situation. Hey, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you right there, Ben. Um, let's take this one to the window and cash it. I need a bounce-back week in the NFL after two horrible weeks. I've gotten absolutely wrecked the last two weeks, but hey. It's a long season. People don't realize that. You might have two bad weeks, but you might have 14 good ones. So that's what I'm hoping for for me right there. Let's get down to it, though. We always drop a couple extra ones in here at the end of the podcast. I'm going to give you all right here my ACC game of the week. That is Pittsburgh plus 10 with Notre Dame coming to town. Look, Notre Dame and Louisville, yeah, the weather was horrible, but this Notre Dame offense looked absolutely awful. They don't have Chase Claypool running around out there anymore making big plays for him down the field. They're lacking dynamic playmakers. If Kenny Pickett wasn't out here for um, Pittsburgh, this would probably be my game of the year. But because he is, I mean, I still like it. They moved the ball down the field fine last week against Miami, and they found their rhythm. Pittsburgh is um, currently... They've covered nine out of the last ten meetings with Notre Dame. They've beaten four out of the last five top five opponents they have faced. The only loss coming to Clemson in their la- in the last year they won the national championship with Trevor Lawrence two years ago. That was the only time they didn't cover, and they almost won straight up in all those, including upsetting UCF last year. Huge upset last year. Look, I think Pittsburgh is the war is a matchup nightmare for Notre Dame. Pittsburgh has a misleading offense. They're twentieth in pass yards. They're good at running the ball. Notre Dame is not passing the ball at all. They're running the ball. Well, Pittsburgh is one of the best run defenses in all of college football. They're going to be up there stuffing the line. This Pittsburgh defense is nasty, and I think they'll be able to shut down the Notre Dame offense. I wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh wins this game when you see Notre Dame get upset. I mean, 
that Louisville that Louisville defense is horrible. I don't care what the weather is. Georgia Tech put up a 50-piece on them and ran the ball up and down the field on them. If you're Notre Dame with the rushing attack you have, you should have ran for 1,000 yards on them last week. This just feels like a Pat Narduzzi game that he sees on the schedule and just smiles at. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he is a defensive-minded coach. He was for a long, long time. I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but wasn't he a, the Michigan State defensive coordinator forever? That was him, right? Um, I'm not sure where Narduzzi came from. I think look that up real quick. I'm pretty yeah, sure he was good. with. I'm pretty sure he was at Michigan State as a defensive coordinator for a long time. I'll wait for you to look that up. But this um, is yeah, he was defensive coordinator there. Yeah, does it say for how many years? I'm pretty sure he was there for a while. Yep, 07 to 14. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i glad I was right on that. And Michigan State, for a lot of those years, had very good defenses. Put a lot of people in the NFL. Since he's been at Pitt, though, not only have they played tough-minded football, they're in a lot of these games, like you mentioned. And here's the thing. When you're an underdog, or when you're a favorite, doesn't matter when you're on the road or at home. Notre Dame's the favorite in this game. You cannot let teams hang around. Because as soon as you let him hang around, that fourth quarter rolls around, and the belief system starts to buy in more and more. And when that underdog starts feeling good, they start getting a little trick plays in there. They start playing their football. And I think I do think Pitt can win this game. I'm not. I would not take that money line. Um, I I am going to tell you on this. Uh, was it plus six? I think it was plus ten. Plus ten, even better. I don't plus six. Well, I'm not even listening. Um, I think I play. I think plus ten is a good number. I really do. I think when you play strength on strength, which is Notre Dame running the football versus uh, the rush defensive pit, I like the home team and I like the mentality that I know that Narduzzi is gonna have his defense play in this game. He knows. I think he's literally going to tell them our strength is stopping the run. They want to run down our throats. Show up, be a man, put your hand in the dirt, and hit the guy in front of you until you get that uh, running back down. I think this is a very good line for Pitt. Hey, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a great spot to come in here and back the Panthers. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a fun weekend of games to watch. Before we get up out of here, Ben, what game are you excited to watch the most this weekend? Both sports well, outside, combined. Outside of you know the Tide, obviously. Um, I'm very, very intrigued from a betting standpoint. I have not officially taken this game yet, but I'm very intrigued with South Carolina. Um, going at LSU, I think Columbus South Carolina. Bowl. I think South Carolina is coming off one of the definitely the best defensive performance they've had all year. TP, you know how I always like to give a guy to look out for. JC Horn, coming off a two interception game, he is from our area, and he literally he's literally from Alpharetta, Georgia. Went to Alpharetta High School. Okay. There's a five star cornerback that went to South Carolina, maybe four star. Has been very, very good ever since he's been there. Um, was banged up early in the year. Came back last week. Had two interceptions on Bo Nix. Batted, uh, had two more pass breakups in the game. Is an absolute lockdown corner when it comes to college football. Even though this game's at LSU, LSU is not having starting quarterback Miles Brennan in this game. They're going to be starting, I believe he's a true freshman, TJ Finley. I think South Carolina coming off the best uh, defensive performance they've had. I think they have a good chance to... Uh, spook this uh, quarterback with an early turnover if they can get that. 
I also like the balance they've shown on offense. Mike Bobo is now their offensive coordinator. I have watched Mike Bobo football almost my entire life because he used to be the Georgia offensive coordinator under Mark Rick. Loves to run the football, loves to have balance. I like the quarterback that they have, Colin, Colin Hill, Collins Hill. Very experienced. South Carolina has a real good chance to win this football game outright. I will say this, though. The most exciting game I – or to answer your question, you asked me what's the game I'm most excited to watch. Yeah. It's Michigan and Minnesota. It's the okay. fact that the Big Ten is starting. It's the, it's a ranked matchup. I want to see with Michigan how this quarterback is going to look because, honestly, I know nothing about him. That's exactly why I'm picking against them. So I'm very intrigued about this game. I'm excited to see how the Big Ten starts. Um and hopefully Minnesota comes out on top. Like I said, I got Minnesota Monday night plus one thirty-five. Yeah, um, you know, there's it's a tough choice. There's a lot of good matchups in college and in the NFL. I'm gonna go though with Oklahoma State and Iowa State, even though I have nothing on the line in this game. I want to see if this Oklahoma State team is actually for real, like I thought they were coming into the season, and if they're gonna have a chance to get into the Final Four. Because you know, if they lose right here, I don't know if the Big Twelve is gonna have a representative in the Final Four. So. That's the game I'm most excited to watch this weekend. It's going to be a fun slate of games to watch. This is probably the best slate of the entire season. Ben, I appreciate you joining me once again on this podcast. I think we killed it once again this week. Yeah, I'm excited for this slate of games. Uh, A lot of good college football, followed up by a lot of good NFL. Uh, What's our our Monday night game this week in the NFL? Is it a... Bears-Rams, so it's another good one. Okay, so that's an interesting matchup. Um... We'll really find out who is the real deal, I think, between those two teams. I'm still not sold on really either team, to be honest with you. So it's a great Monday night matchup to watch. Um, That's all I got. Thanks for having me on. I love talking sports with you. Love uh, the slate of games this week, and I'm excited. Hey, we love having you on, Ben. Y'all already know, we hope we pick some winners for y'all this week. Hope y'all go out and win some money. Have a good week watching these games like we will. We'll see y'all again soon.